0: Hello Al. Hello Steve. Uh,
1: Today I'm talking with Al Wardell who is from northern Alberta and uh, I'm going to maybe exchange some uh, reminiscences about uh, northern Alberta. Um, But Al is down visiting in Vancouver. How often do you come down to Vancouver? Perhaps uh, twice a year. (laughs) Twice a year. And you live in which town? Manning, Alberta. And how many people in Manning, Alberta? It supports about 2,500 people. And uh, when you say it supports 2,500
0: people, how many people actually live in the town? There may be 1,400 living in town and then several small farming communities without a proper town center that uh, that Manning supports. And uh, what is the main activity up there? Uh, Work-wise, forestry and oil and gas exploration. And, And farming. And farming, right? Okay. Would would most of the people be involved with farming, or, or not necessarily? Uh, it probably would be something like a third. Most families have uh, have an interest in farming that are uh, long time residents. And uh, now, where is this located? How far are you from
1: Edmonton? Six hundred kilometers northwest. And I gather that today on uh, May the second, it's fifteen below and uh, snowing.
0: It is minus 15 snow, uh, quite different from the day before where it was plus 20. So you get the violent swings of climate up there. Particularly at this time of year. Uh, Now you work in the sawmill. Correct. Right, and what is your job there? I work in the sales department where selling uh, North American products. Uh, to our North American
1: customers. Uh, how are you affected by the recent uh, softwood lumber ruling by the United States?
0: It's in fact haven't been felt but it we definitely understand that it's it poses a, a huge burden on our industry and we the effects we'll hope to try to limit in our area mm-hmm. uh, When you're not selling lumber, what do you like
1: to do up in manning Alberta?
0: I love to uh, hunt uh, big game and birds and fish, uh, whatever outdoors. And what are the good seasons for for, for doing that? The fall is the, the finest time of year in that country. Uh-huh. Uh, September and October uh, there are unquestionably the, the best months. And what
1: uh, what do you like to do? How do you take advantage of, of the environment of nature up there?
0: I uh, I like to get out uh, on uh, out in the bush either walking or on uh, in different vehicles. Uh, to hunt and to uh, and to fish in the wintertime uh, using snowmobiles mm-hmm. uh, to get into areas that uh, you can't get to in the summer months because it's too wet, uh, the ground freezes and access uh, you can go anywhere and see anything up there. What kinds of animals do you see when you go into the forest ah there's uh, moose uh, elk, uh, whitetail and mule deer, black bear, grizzly bear, any kind of bird anywhere, just about. Mm-hmm. And then lots of fish as well. And when you go into the bush, do you just go in for the day, or do you pitch a tent and stay? Or it all depends. Uh, there's, you, you know, everybody enjoys a nice day trip, but uh, when we go after uh, moose, the, the the biggest of the big game, uh, we'll go in for five, seven, eight days at a time. And where do you sleep? We sleep on the ground underneath a, a piece of plastic with a fire in front of us, and. Uh, uh, And just enjoy can be often uh, ten to fifteen kilometers away from the end of the road where our trucks
1: are parked. So yeah, and and you sleep with a fire always a fire on while you're sleeping. Mostly, why is that? To keep you warm
0: or warmth and uh, keep animals away too that may come and visit in the middle of the night, (laughs) like the back the black bear. I see. And
1: just a plastic uh, little roof on top and that's good enough?
0: Just enough to keep the rain off or the snow off if it comes and both have happened in times when we've been out so. Okay. And what do you sleep on? Just on the ground? We uh, will break off the branches of the spruce trees that are out there, the white spruce, and lay them down in a mat that gives kind of a springy mattress below our sleeping bag.
1: Mm-hmm. And how cold is it when you wake up in the morning?
0: Usually there's frost at maybe a few degrees below zero that's mm-hmm. in October mm-hmm. uh, but that's makes for the best times out there. It warms up nicely through
1: the day but yeah. uh, it can be quite cool yeah <laughs> and uh, so typically what what do you hunt? Have you bagged uh, the odd moose in your day? I have taken
0: some uh, some small moose and some enormous moose. they're all big in the, in that uh, the, the one last year that uh, myself and my friends got. Uh, would have been about 600 kilograms on the hoof, mm-hmm. so quite an enormous animal. <laughs> that's for sure. And what do you do with it? Oh, we uh, there's nothing gets wasted. We uh, it's uh, all the meat is taken back and it goes into the freezers. Then all of us eat well for the the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, one moose can look after a uh, whole family for the whole year. A moose of that size could take care of a family of five for a full 12 months. I'm sure. Eating meat every day. Eating meat certainly four or five times a week, Mm -hmm. and that's fairly common for the people in that country. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's another uh, popular uh, game animal? Uh, Deer, white-tailed deer probably Mm -hmm. is a a very common animal, and it's common throughout North America, but Mm. it uh, is enjoyed up there as well.
1: And is it good to eat?
0: Oh, yeah. Yes, Mm -hmm. it is. But it's kind of hunted in the farmland areas that are surrounding Manning more than the deep bush and, mm-hmm. and woodlands that the, the moose are in. So,
1: and, and what about the farming? What do they farm up there? Uh,
0: lots of crops, uh, canola and uh, wheat, uh, hay for the animals that they sometimes raise, uh, lots of different uh, crops, pea crops and stuff that are uh, a little more specialized. Mm-hmm. The, the people that are living there farm uh the staples that have always been and also some uh some some types of crops that are uh for export markets specifically i guess i don't know a great deal about what they do yeah. but uh, i know that they're uh, on the cutting edge of, of the the agriculture industry they're not uh, Because they're very remote, it doesn't mean that they aren't with the times. Right. They're very caught up and in touch. A typical farmer out there would have a major investment in equipment? Oh, yeah. Uh, Typically, uh, a farmer will be uh, running probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 600 to 1,000 acres of land and uh, their investment, just equipment alone, would be a half million dollars plus really to do that mm-hmm. and uh, and that doesn't include all everything that they all yeah. the they spread fertilizer they use herbicides and all that's an additional cost mm-hmm. or most do there are some that do without herbicides mm-hmm. but yes it's uh, it's quite a costly venture there's a lot of money spent by right. people that don't
1: they don't make enough enough of it anymore right. it's too bad right and of course, they have to be up on the latest developments in terms of seeds and and, and techniques and so forth. Yeah,
0: there. Uh, I think that community of of people, the agricultural community, is uh, is very well in in tune with what's what's required and what's new and available uh, mm-hmm. for uh, increased uh, yields and decreasing costs. Mm-hmm. And it, because it's competitive. Uh, they have to be uh, well in tune and try to, to, to try to make money because it's it's the years ago the family farm they could farm a a very small area of land and mm-hmm. make enough money off of it. But right. now the machinery is anywhere from uh, a few hundred thousand dollars to nearly a million dollars in cost. Uh, they have to uh, they have to farm huge areas of land to be able to make any money at all. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And now the forest industry. Uh is, is a big part of, of, of the country up there. I mean, you're surrounded by the boreal forest other than what has already been converted to, to farmland. Uh, and uh, wh- what is the attitude of the people up there towards the forest industry?
0: I think that it's uh, they're certainly very supportive. It's a, it's a year-round industry in our, in our area. Whereas farming, it really is uh, is only the summer months, mm-hmm. and people that are that make money farming have to do things as well. So many people that farm in the summertime will run equipment on in logging operations uh, in, the for in the wintertime. In the winter so they're supplementing their farm income with working off the farm, mm-hmm. and uh, so they're of course quite supportive. But even those that aren't, uh, it's an industry that's that's uh, that's done a lot for the in- a lot. Better for the environment in the in the last number
1: of years, right? So, they uh, I think it's it's well regarded, anyways, as an industry. Now, Manning Diversified I think has been operating since nineteen ninety four, right? Have you been into some of the areas that Manning uh, harvested, say, seventy years ago? Mm-hmm. Yes, what, I have. How how are those areas uh, regenerating?
0: They've done very well. Manning Diversified has has put a lot of a lot of time and money and and uh, and uh, research into into uh, not just the replanting of areas that they've harvested, but to make sure how how well they they're, they regrow following. Uh, some of this is required by the government, but MDFP is doing far more than. MDFP than is Manning Diversified Forest Products. That's the company where you work, right? right. MDFP. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's doing. It's it's going uh, the extra yard necessary mm-hmm. to do uh, to to make it better and to be able to grow trees faster. Um But not so much for themselves, just to make sure that the survival rate is, is far higher than right. than what necessarily is expected. Some of the trees that I've seen that are uh, six and seven years old are far farther ahead than uh, other other tree, uh, other areas that I've seen logged by other companies mm-hmm. um, that have been ten or fifteen years old. like we've had quite good success in reforestation mm-hmm. in our area, right.
1: And uh, this, you attribute to what greater care in planting or or techniques that are used. I think
0: well, techniques for for preparing the site is one, uh, using the best of seeds to grow seedlings to be planted, mm-hmm. as well, um, proper uh, proper quality control on mm-hmm. the planting of the of the the seedlings themselves, and then follow up by the company afterwards as mm-hmm. checking survival rates. And uh, an understanding the competition that is growing against the seedlings right. on the same cut blocks, and uh, the cut
1: block d- is an area is one little area that's cut by the right. Yeah, it's forest uh, products company. Uh,
0: that's right. They, that block. Are, they, uh, they call it a block, but it was just a stand of trees th- right. where we had taken... Which is typically, what, 10
1: hectares or 15 hectares? Or the,
0: the average, I think, is uh, is under that even, at mm-hmm. maybe 7, but some can be quite large, upwards mm-hmm. of 15 to 20, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And I gather that they cannot go back into that area and cut until the first area has grown back to what, 2 meters or something like that?
0: They can't go back... I- I'm not sure the exact uh, age that it has to be, but they can't go they can't go into adjacent stands mm-hmm. of timber until that whole block has, has reached a, a degree where there is no concern that you'll lose or that anything could happen to that to that that growing area mm-hmm. of trees right. before you remove any additional areas right. around it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the other big industry there
1: is the oil and gas. And is that pretty active these days? That's
0: quite active, yet it's an industry that, that kind of... Uh, it has years of growth and years of decline, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that it's a well-regarded industry as well. Mm-hmm. It uh, it again, much like farming, is quite seasonal, though, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, which makes it difficult on the town because you're here today and you're gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Forestry, at least, is there year-round, right. you know, and, and the mill has its investment year-round, and the people have a position, you know, with a company mm-hmm. that lasts twelve months of the year, so. Uh, But the oil and gas industry is is a solid foundation uh, for the town. Now, how old is the town of Manning? Uh, It had its 50th birthday in 1998, I believe it was, so we're
1: talking 54 years now. And I know when you look through a phone book, there you see names that are Slavic, German, French. Uh, gosh, I don't know every possible kind of origin.
0: There seems to be a, you know, a hodgepodge of all kinds of uh, of nationalities of, of years ago, and it uh, it began with. Uh advertisements in newspapers across Europe uh, for land for that could be claimed Mm -hmm. and uh, I went to a birthday two weeks ago for a fellow that it it was a 99th birthday and he came, he was living in Germany and saw on a paper land if you'll work it Uh, and uh, he bought a ticket on a boat and uh, came across and made his way across the country and walked up the same road that I drive home on to claim his property, that the land office, 100 kilometers away, said uh, you can have if you get there. And uh, now uh, how many of his descendants are still living in Manning? (laughs) I I was the photographer for that party, and there were 35 people in the group picture that were all uh, direct descendants from him and his wife, who had several children... They had several more, and they're on to a fourth generation. And they're all
1: staying. And they all stayed in Manning. Some,
0: some still are. Most actually still are. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some have uh, have moved further away, but not any further than uh, than the nearest hub, which is Edmonton, 600 Mm -hmm. kilometers. And I believe that
1: they're still all fairly well in contact. Mm -hmm. It
0: was Mm -hmm. quite kind of inspiring.
1: Right. And is there? But I mean, everyone in Manning has a strong sense of belonging to Manning. It's.
0: I would say very much so. You can uh, if you live in Alberta, but in southern Alberta you would consider yourself an Albertan. But if you live in northern Alberta, then you are in northern Albertan. And that's it, you know, I've never found that other than in that area of the country. And it's not unlike other towns around Manning. Right. But we stick to that the adage that it has to be we're northern Albertans.
1: Yeah, I've certainly sensed that when I go up there, I'm a southerner. Uh, and, I mean, it doesn't matter. Even French Canadians who are from up there, they're northern Albertans. Yeah. Uh, so that's a very strong sort of local identification. Yeah,
0: there is a kinship that people feel for having lived there
1: year-round, that's for sure. And faced the hardships up yeah. there. And and I think that identification always strikes me as being much stronger than any di- identification with the original... Uh, countries of origin or, or ancestry or whatever.
0: That's true. They don't seem to say that they're of German ancestry or Ukrainian. Uh, they, uh, th- and many of them still speak the older ones, still speak right. the language, their language, but uh, they consider themselves Canadians. Right. You know? but, and
1: specifically in northern, northern Albertans. Alberta, Alberta, yeah. <laughs> which doesn't prevent the fact that for your Christmas party you get very good pierogies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that's it. That's a staple of many tables around. As right. Ukrainian, there's a strong Ukrainian contingent living
1: right in that, that part of the yeah. country. Yeah. Yeah, I know I always enjoy going up there and of course, uh, I know right away as soon as I arrive, everybody in town knows I'm there and who I am. Exactly. And I go into any store and I, they just everybody knows. Like everybody knows everything that's happening to everybody in Manning at all times. And people as you come into town, People, Everyone
0: knows you long before you know who they are, (laughs) because word spreads so fast. Hey, there's a new fellow from here or there, and they will know your life story before you even know their first name. Uh I found that many times over, (laughs) moving to Manning. And you yourself
1: are from southern Alberta originally. Right. And from Calgary, I believe. Exactly, yeah. So as a city boy, how have you found your experience living in the somewhat remote Northern uh, Alberta community.
0: I've really enjoyed it. I wanted to uh, growing up in Calgary, I knew it was it was a wonderful city to live in, uh, but I there were things that interested me more, and I didn't need to have as much available to me because I thought I could make my own fun and to uh, and to appreciate the outdoors. and specifically the ruggedness of some untamed mm. wilderness versus the areas around uh, in the southern al- southern areas of Alberta that are quite well documented and, and, you know, trails are set to hike on and don't go off of them. You can do what you want, you know, in that country and, and people r- will respect you for that versus looking down on you for, for your impact on, on nature. Mm-hmm.
1: Brad, one last subject. Uh, there are a lot of uh, First Nations people up in that area as well? Yes, there is. In the town as well as on... Uh, there is Yeah,
0: there's a reserve... Uh, about 125 kilometers north of Manning, mm-hmm. that's a Métis settlement actually. Right. Um, but uh, but a lot of a lot of residents of Manning have have uh, native ancestry as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. I think
1: uh, the mill uh, superintendent uh, Sheldon is uh, a yeah. marshal, or at least is, is it his father, or his mother? It's native? his
0: mother. Uh, he's from Fort Brimley, another northern community mm-hmm. uh, that's on the banks of the Peace River, uh, right. north uh, east of us. Right. Yeah, it's uh, there is a, a strong uh, group, a number of people living certainly that uh, that are of Native ancestry and that and that have uh, succeeded, uh, you know, in their area of endeavors, uh, either uh, you know, in spite of it or because of it. You know, right. They they've done done well.
1: hmm And uh, are um, a lot of the natives involved in trapping and that kind of activity, hunting, yeah. or what are their main? Uh, are they working oil and gas or the forest industry, or what's, what sorts of things?
0: You know, you have to, you have to do uh, pretty much what is available to you. And uh, those that live, uh, typically, it's it's kind of a it's a, a worker or a laborer sort of uh, attitude, and which is fine by them mm-hmm. because they, most of the, the fellows don't want to work all the time. They mm-hmm. want to be able to do to run a trap line and actually take fur off of the land, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in the in the you know for a few months in the winter time. And then they'll run uh, equipment in the bush for the oil field, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for the for the remainder of the winter. And then they may be involved in farming through the summer months as mm-hmm. well. So their their life isn't like most. They do a lot of different things throughout the year, and uh, w- and it certainly works for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's. Uh, You know, looking at it, it might not be all that bad. Many of us want to do different things all the time anyway. Right. They seem to be making a life of it. Well, I mean, it's been a very, very interesting discussion, and I thank you very much for taking the time. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you.